Welcome everybody to Real Talk Radio. This is your boy Justin JLB. This is the Binge Big Brother All-Star Edition. Week three. Twa. I don't know what it is in Spanish. Utres. Jesus. There we go. Uh, all in Spanish in any type of language because we know we have Big Brother fans all over the globe that speak various types of languages. And I'll stop talking about that and start <laughs> introducing you to the Big Brother fanatics that I have here with me. First Big Brother fanatic we got uh, always joining me here. Stephanie, how goes it? Hey, it goes well. It goes well. It goes well. That's usually how it is. And we got Cece. Hey. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I'm still recovering from your intro. All right. Uh, goes well it goes well fair enough fair enough that works that's good same here you know another week has gone by it's true eh? we never ask you how you're doing you always ask no. us how we're doing and we're like hey how are you justin yeah yeah you know what i am doing good thanks for asking no it's cool don't worry about it we're not here to see how we're doing it is nice to know though uh we are here to talk about some big brother and this week was quite uh quite uh, quite sad for me um but we will talk about it as it starts off on sunday with i do we know technically on thursday night no we technically find out on yeah sunday. technically find out on the sunday sunday where tyler wins the hoh yay tyler and it was kind of um do you guys remember what the competition was though they had to like. It was a sliding beer. I'm pretty sure we saw it at the end of Thursday, because last week we talked about how we didn't understand why they weren't sliding more cups. Oh, I'm getting confused with the new HOH comp then. <laughs> I think so, because the new one we technically don't know yeah. yet, because it's we knew, Sunday. We, we, we ended last week knowing that Tyler won HOH. It's true. We talked about that. Yeah. It's true. So uh, Tyler wins. And in this episode, they essentially get into the thick of things of, hey, Janelle and Kaser are going up as no one else kind of pulled the trigger on that. So Tyler is going to since they had mentioned the company alliance from the previous week. So Tyler was going with that. We also see a new group forming on Sunday's episode with the Slick Six Kind of like a, like a backup alliance, yeah. Yeah, it's like everybody everybody in that group, they've got their duos, and this is a backup alliance. No one's really taking it seriously right now. Uh, and we will find out that it's it gets even worse. <laughs> Cody's, so Cody seems to be just with everybody. So Cody starts an alliance with Tyler, Enzo, Devon, Bailey, and... Uh, Danny. Danny. A slick six. A uh, nice little fancy, I mean, I, they could have probably been more creative, but they're all slick because they're all in separate alliances, so I can deal. And, of course, every Sunday, along with the HOH, we also have the lovely Have Not ceremony, which ended up having a little bit of gossip into it. So, uh, the outgoing Have Nots, if you will, the new ones that got nominated were Enzo, 
Cody, Bailey, and I do remember that Nicole was the one that nominated Janelle because uh, <laughs> Nicole basically had a snart remark that, well, Janelle always talks about me, so I'm going <laughs> to put her up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of happy she said it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it definitely adds drama. Definitely drama factor, entertainment factor. Tyler's response, pretty on point with how everybody was feeling. I, I think it was like, what? It was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, like, kept going. I, I remember Ian's expression being like, oh, oh, where's my popcorn? This this about to get crazy. <laughs> um, so that happened. Nicole was even in the diary room was like, oh, did I say that out loud? Like, you know what you did. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she did it on purpose, but I just think that's how she was feeling. And it just came out so genuinely that like, you know. <laughs> that's it. So either way, it was fun to watch, fun to see. I had Janelle like a pro just kind of, you know, didn't lash out, you know, just kind of said, okay, she whatever. She should have though. She should have. <laughs> She should have, but she's more mature. She's 40. She's like a mom of three. It would be a bad, it would be a whole bad. If it was Janelle back in season eight, probably would have. I think yeah. that if, if, if Vito had passed already and Janelle didn't win Vito, she probably would have said something. But it was still kind of early in the week, so she didn't want to, I guess. What I was, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was like Janelle knew she was going to have a long week ahead of her. That was not a hill to die on. Right. Um, we also did have Janelle and Kaser trying to convince Memphis to use, because now this is the last week of the safety suite. So you guys were originally right. Uh, this is the last week for anyone to use it. And Janelle and Kaser were basically trying to convince Memphis to use the safety suite on one of them if he wins. He essentially agreed to use it. However, Janelle kind of realized that, hey, maybe he's not going to since he never made eye contact with her. So she caught on to that right away. So, yeah, the safety suite, essentially, it was Memphis, Memphis Enzo, Nicole, Nicole, and Danny. Danny. And that's it. So that's essentially the last competitors that can play because since this is the last day. And so that's why Kaser and Janelle were trying to say, like, hey, use it on us. You're kind of buddy-buddy with us. But when Memphis promised, Memphis's promise to Janelle seemed fake because he never gave her any eye contact. Also, Devon, at the same time, also just tries to convince people uh, to make her a plus one because she wants to experience a punishment. Which, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't I believe, believe her. I believe her, but I think obviously it wasn't the only reason. Right, but she was parading way too much for that to be the only reason. Enzo was like, yeah, okay, but he was kind of weirded out by it. Like, don't try to guilt trip me just because you want a punishment. Like, this is only week four. I'm pretty sure you might get another punishment at another some other opportunity. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, yeah, I think that was a tough thing for Davon to do in the sense of like you're just starting these alliances you're just starting to have conversations kind of beyond your immediate circle and you're going to people to basically ask them to prove themselves to you whether you think that's what you're asking or not and to me that's it was a little bit you know you're not setting yourself up for success let's put it that way because you're just going to put uneasiness in the people you're talking to 
And thus goes the uneasiness with Tyler, because Tyler was concerned about Davon wanting safety. He thought that uh, basically it meant that she didn't trust him to make the right call for the nominations. And which is exactly what you're alluding to, Cece. And yeah, so this competition is super duper fun. We basically have uh, try to steal basically a bunch of laser lights. You have to go through the laser lights without triggering any of them off. And you have to grab the, the ball. I don't know what they called it. They called it, it like the safety you. sphere. <laughs> the safety sphere. There we go. Which is basically and just a yoga ball. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Well, cool competition, though. Memphis, interestingly enough, was trying to go slow. Trying to go slow? He was sitting on the yoga ball at the end of the course, like, just hanging out. Pretty sure he got, like, second to last place, though, because the highest number was 14, and he got, like, 11. Did he? No, I felt like he was... Okay, per, I feel like he was... See, that's what CBS should also do, because not everyone gives the numbers of the uh, minutes. Or maybe I should just write them down when I'm watching it. Yeah, that'll be good, too. Um, yeah, so he went slow, but he still beat Nicole, who was dead last because she's clumsy and she mentioned she was clumsy. So I guess we should just give it to her uh, <laughs> being dead last. But in the end, Enzo wins an impressive time at four minutes and 41 seconds. And he chooses Christmas as his numero uno. That's right. I'm just doing all languages. And Janelle knows now that Memphis threw the competition for sure. And that Davon is mad because Enzo didn't give him plus one. So sad. Too bad. You'll get a punishment in the future. Any thoughts on that? How'd you guys like the competition? How is Christmas so popular? <laughs> like, what, what are Christmas. we not seeing? What is CBS like editing out here? I don't know. Well, I mean, she seems like a fun time, though. She seems like she would, like, be in interesting to talk to. She seems, like, more out there, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, we're not seeing, obviously, all the conversations. Um, we'll get to maybe why she's so fun with her lovely punishment that she gets. No, you don't remember the punishment? All the lovely stars. Oh, all of the stars of the babies. Lots of the babies. I thought it was hilarious. It's, it was hilarious. I think maybe I found fun. it more funny because I could relate. It was like sad funny, but then <laughs> I was like, oh, poor her. <laughs> yeah, but come on, like five kids at once? And then you it have was like to... 10. She <laughs> ended up with like seven or eight. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, she's a, she's a champ. She's funny. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was great. And she bothered everyone. Everyone understood. But holy hell. And then her and Enzo was the father. And he's like, yo, who's, well, what is Christmas doing here? Like, it's like, I think one of the kids are mine. But those other ones, I, uh, typical New Jersey. Uh... He hammed it up a and bit, then, for sure. And then yeah. they, like, zoomed in on the on the one star that had, like, the creased face. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That was funny. Uh, so ultimately, the nomination ceremony comes. Tyler ultimately decides to put up Kaser and Janelle wah, 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 as he was going to do. So he actually lived up to what he was going to do and not played it safe. So this is the week where it actually finally begins. This is the week where the bow breaks, if you will, and uh, it starts happening. So. There we go. Janelle Kaysar are up. And none of them win veto. So 
Basically, Power Veto starts. We're on Wednesday already. Power Veto goes in. Before we do get to the Power Veto ceremony, Devon decides to cover base to speak to Tyler. He again doesn't want to be like a replacement nomination. Tyler is still getting jittery about why she's so scared, which, bro, you're in the same alliance. Like, what are you doing? Why are you like talking to Tyler about nominations or like backdoor replacements and so on? Like my perspective on it is if you're in an alliance with someone and you're not talking game, you're not throwing what ifs around, you're not having strategy conversation. Are you really in an alliance together? (laughs) And so I think that to me, like that's the perspective. And that's why I was like for Devon, it was tough to go out there and do what she was doing, but I kind of don't blame her for it, because if she's not talking game with any of these people, are you really working together? And I would say no. Right? And it's an all-star season. Forming an alliance as a smokescreen, I wouldn't put it past half of these players. Of course. Yeah, no, I don't blame her um, either. It obviously just shows that it's a very early alliance and they don't fully Mm -hmm. trust each other yet. Right. But at the same time, she could have hid her cards a little bit better. I feel like she was very exposed. For sure. I agree. Because the way that it was edited, it seemed like she was nervous. Like, although she may not have tried to be when talking about it, it seemed like she was very skeptical of her being backdoored for some reason. Like, you know, you being in alliance with him, I'm sure you've had the conversation of no, he, you knowing that he wants to get Janelle or Kaser up. And it would rather be Janelle, but if not, Kaser is the best bet. Like, so I don't know. It was still a little bit of second guessing and definitely maybe the alliance is too early. And that's what went down. And yeah, so aside from that... Uh, we still get Nicole F and Danny talk confirming their final four. Danny is now finally playing and she starts talking and there and admits that there are a few people in their alliance who would be too hard to beat. And she starts to plant seeds of doubt, making varying comments to other house guests about who the strongest players are. So Danny's finally here to play. I'm kind of liking her strategy right now. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm liking how she's doing it because I could see it being useful in the long run. I agree with that. It's like, it's not my cup of tea as far as like a a game that I would play or that I would, you know, want to work with. But I think, I think she's going to be able to maneuver that well. Um, I'm a little bit worried about her in the same way that I worried about Tyler, like, they're kind of aligned. They were aligned with basically everybody except Janelle and Kstar. You know, I think there's good in her game. I I hope she doesn't get trapped. Yeah, that's it. So at least she's finally playing, though. I don't mind her strategy like you. It's just uh, just be careful because at the same time, Cody and Memphis and Enzo are kind of running the house, and we still really and Tyler, I guess, and we still really see that. We see that those two are the forehead honchos and nothing technically gets past them as of right now. Because every time there's a conversation, well, that's because they're on all the alliances, though. So, exactly. <laughs> so every time there's a conversation, oh, you should maybe go talk to Cody. You should maybe go, you know what I mean? Like, no, guys, that's it. So Danny's smart. I like it. She's going to mm-hmm. finally try and this would work to her and her advantage for later on. 
because I don't think anyone's necessarily seeing Danny coming, so I enjoy it. So before we get to the POV, basically we have um, Janelle, use, we, we see her healthcare routine, which uh, has contains a lot of acid <laughs> in it. And Ian skincare had routine, that. actually. Well, and I use routine. similar products, the same company that she was using, and it's actually very, very good for you. <laughs> Snap. There we go. Well, Ian just said, they made mention that there was a lot of acid in one of the... Uh... I think it's because she said it's, it's 3.6%. Uh, pH or 3.6 right. pH and he thought it was 3.6% acid but actually they have 10% lactic acid in them and it's meant to like melt off the top layer of your skin so yes well yeah it's an acid peel but 3.6 pH is the acidity level not the concentration yeah so yeah so it's uh it's still anyway Ian did his science Ian <laughs> thing and freaked Janelle right out <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. And they were both in two different wavelengths in that regard, because she was probably yeah. talking about something different. Him as a crazy science guy is going to be like, well, hold on. What do you mean? 3.5 pH. That's not good. One is complete acid. 3.5 is a no, no. So then, of course, two different wavelengths. You're talking about two different things. Miscommunication, but it was funny and I enjoyed it. So then we got the lovely power of veto competition and the players that are picked for the power of veto competition are of course tyler janelle kaser and they were picked by cody bailey and memphis this veto competition is called the cupcake clash <laughs> which uh which is fun um, basically, this is where the players have to rearrange multicolored cupcake puzzles by moving one piece at a time and trying to get all three cupcakes to be one whole color uh, before the opposite does the same. And it's going to be like one-on-one -on -one competitions in a tournament style. Then the last two will face off and essentially uh, see who wins the power of veto. So we first saw Tyler beat Kaser. In no problem. Kaser honestly didn't seem like he knew what he was doing. No, I think he just, he didn't associate the base colors with like the cake colors, which I don't know why. Right. This seems like a silly thing to be missing. That's it. So he didn't know at first and which is why, it, so when he did that and he tried to ring in, he got it wrong because they were not the same uh, base colors. And then which ultimately gave Tyler the win because then he had to rearrange everything and that, could not happen. So that was probably one of the fairest matchups because after that, we got Cody against Bailey. And basically, Cody just runs through this competition. Cody's a phenomenal competitor. We've seen him. He, he did amazing in this competition for every round. Yeah, he did great. And I think as you keep playing, though, you just get better, right? Because you know what's up. You understand how the competition practice makes perfect sort of deal, you know? So he just kept on dominating. Cody beat Bailey, um, and that's what happened. Memphis went against Janelle, and I was like, okay, Janelle, this is your bag. This is your bag, Janelle. You can do this. You're good at these competitions. Let's go. And so what... <laughs> and, and And what it seems like where Memphis potentially maybe would have messed up to try and give Janelle a push, he essentially messed up the yellow cupcake, it was all fine and dandy, and he maneuvered it and put it somewhere else while he was trying to mess around with one of the other cupcakes. The house guests took notice to this and were like, oh, 
he's throwing the competition. I think in that moment, though, I don't think he noticed because I'm like, I genuinely believe he messed up on that one and didn't realize how he had everything lined up. Um, but in, then it was obvious to everybody that it looked like he was throwing it because then after he was still ahead of Janelle and he realized, well, I can't throw it. So I have to win at this point, even though he said he wanted to win. So I don't know. I'm like a 50-50 on him wanting to win, but then not throw. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, what to believe with him on that one. I think Memphis is just an idiot, though. I think he did it. I think he just did it like that. Like, And it's a hard competition, right? You got to go fast. You're thinking. You have to look. He probably just, that happened. He just did it. Um, I don't think he meant to try and throw it. Um, but he ultimately won because Janelle couldn't just do it and she was trying her darndest and she is no longer the comp beast. Um, I loved her being in season seven or eight in embarrassing. Yeah, I'm really surprised it took her because like obviously we never know with editing, but if Memphis had a chance to win early on and then just didn't notice and then still won, it's like how long did he go on before Janelle still had a chance to beat him and she didn't. So I was really surprised. I feel like she just got way too nervous and whatever. And she like, uh, at least editing wise, it seemed like she was going slow and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Your life is on the line, but clearly it doesn't matter. Um, Jeez. So Memphis wins. Yay. Memphis then goes against Cody and basically Cody wins. Cause I don't know. Cody mops the floors with him, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cody, it's, it was over just that quick, just as fast as I said that. Cody got the cupcakes in the right order because Cody is a beast comp and deserves it. So Cody wins POV. Yay. Yay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so back in the house, Danny's convinced that uh, Memphis was trying to throw it. Uh, Memphis was throwing it. Uh, Enzo and Cody are also convinced that Mem- uh, that Memphis threw it as well. Um, and this basically solidifies for Tyler that his ally may not be wholly trustworthy. Which, yeah, duh, because I feel like... I, and he was, Memphis is, was always just playing for himself. Always. Yeah, I think they doubted... I don't think he was ever playing for the team. I think they doubted him a lot at the beginning, but now it was like so blatant that they were like, okay, we can't really ignore it anymore. It's like right in our face. And whether he meant to or not, still, dude, like you, you're so shady throughout. Like I, Cody, I honestly don't think never liked Memphis, but it's like, okay, bro. Yeah. I think Cody him. respected him a lot. So I agreed to work with him, but then quickly realized that he was not that smart. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to what I said, like, week two, I think, where it was like, they're they're seeing loyalty in each other, but they were both, you know, the brawn. Neither of them were the brains in their operations, so I don't mm-hmm. think, like, they can't really work together. I think Cody is presenting himself more as a strategist than he did when he worked with Derek, but he can't work with Memphis, there's no way. Agreed. You don't see it. I don't see it. Who would be the strategist in the company? Uh, they call Definitely. themselves the committee. Yeah, um, it would. I, I'd say Tyler and Danny. Police, and well, yeah, Danny on the girl side for sure. Yeah, yeah, Danny on the girl side for sure. But out of the guys uh, that's in that group, I don't know, man. They all just seem like Tyler. 
I don't know if he's necessarily a strategist. He's more of just a go with the flow kind of guy, though. I feel. Yeah, he's, he's a very, social player. Yeah, yeah, but he's very aware of what he's doing and like the implications his actions will have. So I think that plays into strategizing as well. Even though it's not like so much a plan ahead type of strategy, it's a more of if my reaction today, how will it affect tomorrow? Kind of thing. If that Fair. makes sense, I don't know how that makes sense, but. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I hear you. I get it. Uh, but that works. No, exactly. So out of them, though, I feel like Tyler is probably the most level-headed and knows what he's doing. Cody still seems kind of somewhat confused, but is kind of getting there. Um, so basically, Janelle, then within, within this episode, Janelle pitches to Cody, hey, should use the video on her. She'd help him and Tyler game by being the biggest target in the house and voting with them for two weeks, which is something similar. She did. I believe it was the last episode where she mentioned, hey, you can have my vote for two weeks, which one. I don't know why you didn't mention that for longer than two weeks, but ultimately the same. I believe this was the same episode where Janelle even offers her wedding ring as collateral yeah which whoa so yeah. this is this is i think where we really start to see you know how big brother has changed in the last 10 years um because there doesn't seem to be any wheeling and dealing mm. um and so yeah collateral is not something we've seen in a long time but this was something that people used to do a lot. They would go and be like, this is my Hail Mary offer. This is what I can give to you. Um, and, you know, and, and this is what I'm willing to offer in exchange for, you know, you taking this risk. I, I think it still works because I feel like in the last 10 years, I have seen collateral offers happen. Like, I'm sure Derek offered some well, not Derek, but Derek was given collateral offers on his season. But the problem is. Cody, I feel, is not that kind of collateral guy. He's more of a loyal, stick with my team kind of dude. I'm going to do what keeps the team happy. So I think it depends on who you're offer, what player you're offering that collateral mm. option to. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Cece, because it's true. Like, especially um, reading that article that you sent just before, Justin, mm. um, it was like the fact that the, the game has changed so much in the last few years. Like, everybody wants to play it safe especially in the new seasons, and I say the new seasons being like the last like maybe six or seven seasons, the game gets gritty when jury gets involved. But at the beginning, everyone just plays it safe. The same thing every week, go with the house, go with the house, like, you know, and then eventually the house gets divided in week four, and then you start to see split votes, and then jury starts, and then it gets more interesting. But it's like, back then, even Janelle was saying, people were not afraid to like, go against the HOH. Like, they understood that once the HOH put the noms up, HOH had no more power that week. And now it's like everyone's like, oh, well, we should see what the HOH is saying and who their target is and go with what they want to say. And I find that so boring. It is so boring. And I'm kind of over it. One of the reasons why I was looking forward to an all-star season is because they should be past that already. It's not about being nice. And so, yeah, I was hoping to see more gameplay, like what Janelle is trying to do. I don't know if we're going to see it. And I'm kind of bummed. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is also and the problem is your all-stars that you picked were very boring technically 
And there's a whole conversation that also Tyler had with the word boring uh, in the live feeds as well, by the way, which was kind of hilarious. Um, but basically, all the R stalls that are were picked, aside from Janelle, maybe aside from Kaser, because Kaser does play that kind of game, and maybe Ian, but Ian was always kind of a stealthy guy, but can play if needs be. And maybe Nicole uh, A. Aside from those four... All these other all-stars are kind of just go-with-the-flow um, players. But I, a lot of those players are kind of just safe, go-with-the-flow, stick-with-my-team. Or Danny. Danny, too, can start start some stuff and start yeah, making Yeah, Danny came that. from that, that big Danny, brother season mm-hmm. that, you know, things got done and they didn't care right. what people thought about it. It was like game move. If it was best for the game and best for the TV and best for the fans, they were going to go ahead with it. Well, look who her father is, right? So, <laughs> you know, like for sure. So aside from that though, everyone else is safe players. Devon used to kind of be like that. I feel, but she's like matured. So she's not like that. Or maybe Bailey's holding her back because Bailey is like that. But Bailey can play, but Devon is holding back because she doesn't want to blow up Bailey's game. We're going to get to that whole situation, though, because that is coming up on the next episode. So with that, Power Veto doesn't get used. Cody's keeping nominations the same, of course. And now comes Thursday, the eviction episode. Dun, dun, dun. And so... (laughs) With both of them still on the block, Kesar and Janelle start talking. Kesar and Janelle like are reminiscing about their time together. No, Janelle, excuse me, is feeling bad that she kind of blew up Kesar's game and she feels really bad. She's like, I should have said no from coming into the Big Brother house. And he's like, Look, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're here with me. I'm glad, you know, I haven't talked to you in ages. It's fine. It is what it is. Janelle is trying to convince Kesar to start making new alliances and get get out there and so on. So, you know, I just seeing their friendship kind of, I guess, when one of their last final conversation, perhaps, of them together and kind of, you know, just respecting each other. That was nice to see. That was really cool to see with them starting off the episode like that. <laughs> they screwed up by working together. I mean, like, For sure. wash, rinse, repeat. I just, I don't know why they thought that they would be able to, to just do exactly what they did that didn't allow either of them to win like week one they I'm made really the sad. mistake of putting the the safety suite playing the safety suite together and then picking the other person to be safe with them that was where yeah. they went wrong from yeah. the beginning and that would have changed everything that would have absolutely have changed everything this is your week. You still could have used the safety suite if one of you didn't do it. I guess it would have been better if Kesar, for Kesar's case, to have been this week to play safety suite because Lord knows Janelle wasn't going to win anything. Um, <laughs> oh, you're really sore about it, eh? Oh, really? I, like, she was such a comp She's also so 40. <laughs> and the competitions are different. And You don't know I, what having three kids does to you. <laughs> You know and what, honestly, guys? I don't know what kind of competition she was. I can't even remember what kind of competition she won. But I feel like a lot of them were like pure athleticism or luck. I don't think she ever won a competition that actually required her brain. Not that she's dumb. I don't mean to imply that. But it's just 
I don't think she won yep. strategy competitions, and most yeah, of them have been I that way. A lot of them were athletic competitions because she yeah. was in shape. Not to say she's not in shape now. It's just that you know things get slower when you're forty. <laughs> yeah. Fair. No, and I understand. And I'm sorry. The DJ thing? Okay, I guess that's somewhat brainy. But, I mean, that's just trial and error. The cupcake thing? That's somewhat athletic, I guess, you're using. Really? You're kind of saying she's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that that wasn't how she won her competitions. Those weren't the types of competitions that she won. All right, you done did it. I got to go watch me a Janelle season uh... (laughs) because... She has a highlight reel, I'm sure. Someone's someone's put it together. Perfect. I am definitely going to do that. Um, so, yeah, we see that. We see Kevin and Christmas weigh in on the pros and cons to keep one or the other. It seems like they're more liking Janelle from what we see. But, of course, it's Big Brother editing, so they're obviously probably weighing in Janelle or Kaser a bunch of times. And Kevin does seem to really like prefer Janelle more so. But in this conversation, it's interesting because also Kevin doesn't really want to give too much information to Christmas. So he's not wanting to trust Christmas. So it's interesting to see why. Smart for him, though. Smart for him. Smart for him, for sure. He probably he probably sees that she's very friendly with everybody, though. So he's like, I don't really know her that well. I don't trust her yet. You know, so he's like, and it's not clear yet to the rest of the house that she is working with the big alliance. Mm-hmm. So he's he was smart to kind of stay like just agree with her and be like yeah yeah me too yeah me too yeah me too this is kind of what's so mind-boggling in these first kind of six weeks now as we go back to that conversation about like you know 10 years ago versus now it's like you can't figure out where like what people are thinking if you're not willing to kind of put something out there because you can you can go up to someone and just say like tell janelle like i'm just gonna go see what people are feeling like you're you know, campaigning for KSAR to see what happens. And then you just like work with Janelle and be like, so this is kind of what I'm hearing from other people because I'm saying this. Like, you don't have to be honest to get information. It's like there's this aspect of the game that really seems to be missing right now. Well, I mean, Janelle does that. She makes the rounds of talking to the house guests about trying to gain their votes. I do think she could have done a little bit better as she just kept on telling everybody, oh yeah, Memphis has got me. And Kevin has got me. Yeah, but Janelle's um, nominated. Like, I'm talking about people who aren't on the block. Yeah, no, very valid. The only person that works for is Ian. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Ian can yeah. do that because we know Ian is smart, though. And he's thinking like 100 words a second and already like he's the winner for a reason. You know what I mean? He probably knows your move before you're going to do it. Um, Not which... for nothing, though, but, like, anybody coming into, like, a Big Brother All-Star season, like, the, your automatic first targets, friends or not, should be the people who've already won. <laughs> I know. And, I agree. And Nicole F. is just swimming, you know, just But it's also because Nicole F. and Danny are, like, BFFs outside the house. Which... For anybody who follows them on social media and stuff, like, they're really close. <laughs> That's the thing, and that's what Janelle, this was off of Big Brother, but that's what Janelle was kind of warning a bunch of people the night before eviction. She was kind of warning people, hey, they're best friends, watch out for them. But, you know, of course, at this point, you being one of the nominees, doesn't your word is not going to mean much because you're just trying to stir the pot. 
when you know you're gonna get evicted so not a lot of people maybe perhaps believed it but they certainly should or i'm sure they know like do they not check on twitter and like are you not part of the big brother fandom and have everybody on twitter or facebook and so on like i'm sure you do maybe you don't i don't know yeah, um, yeah i don't know i think it depends on on how sore of a loser you are <laughs> yeah for sure. really like i'm sure david doesn't because David even mentioned the first time when he came in, he never really watched Big Brother and kind of thing. He just wanted to be like the first black player to win. But I'm like, okay, bro, but you kind of need to know how Big Brother works. Yeah, you're in an all-star season having never watched the show and having never played before. It just goes back to our conversation. Like, I get why he's there, but why is he there? That's it. Exactly. And, okay, so basically... Then we get to the bombshell. And you know what? That's actually a good way. Why is David there? David gets into a nice little conversation with Davon and Bailey and starts spilling some tea. He mentions that he was trying to get votes, uh, that Devon was trying to get votes to flip the house on him. And he had also spilled some tea with naming names. Who did he name? Well, he named the person that he got the information from, of course, and said Tyler's name. Who, by the way, he is best friends with in the house, and Tyler has been trying to save him every step of the way. Yeah, he named Tyler and Cody, but then only told Tyler that he named Tyler <laughs> instead of naming both of them. <laughs> so Tyler totally freaked out. And I mean... I understand that David felt comfortable because it seems like he's close with Bailey and just not so close with Davon since that incident from last week. Right. And he also made it clear that like he's close with Bailey because of you know the, the whole like the black people stick together because they're trying to make a person of color be the first winner. Um, so I understand him using that to Tyler for, as a justification, but it's like, bro. You're on Big Brother, like, fib your way to the top, fake it till you make it. Like, you could have easily told Tyler, like, something else and, like, tried to, like, I don't know. Like, he just burned well, no, the bridges on both sides. He couldn't, though, because Tyler saw David and Bailey talking and there was tension there. So Tyler already knew what was up. And he's like, hey, yeah. guys, what's wrong? So that's yeah, why but he, he didn't make... really know what they were talking about. He could have just lied. It could have bit him back in the ass like two weeks later or next week. But he could have just said, hey, they heard that we were flipping the votes and they accused me of doing it. And because I'm close with you, they think that we had like, there was just ways to like not admit that he was the one that spilled the beans on everything. Or like write it off to paranoia. So I, I like I, David, it's obviously a working move. But Tyler freaked out on this one i think he overreacted majorly because if slick six is a thing at all all he has to do is walk up to davon and say like david just you know told me his conversation with you we're obviously both building a relationship with him like level with me what's going on he's not part of slick six so tyler could have used that as a cover and actually confronted davon why not do that yeah I mean, he could have, maybe, technically. When I mean, if, if Cody David afterwards. is dead to me, like when he talks to, to Cody, right? Mm. Then you just go and you you drown him. You bury him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, so definitely. so him, so it's just like, he didn't, 
he overreacted but did nothing about it and so this is what yeah. i'm i'm worried is going to happen repeatedly in the season with tyler with cody uh and with nicole we're going to see a bunch of drama a bunch of paranormal a bunch of things that's like diary room drama and nothing happens in the game because of it not not a thing yeah but this is the problem too. If he would have went to Devon and told him that, and told her that rather, uh, oh, listen, nothing's happening. We're still trying to build a blade because David isn't in the Slick Six, right? Exactly. But that's the problem. Then Devon would be like, okay, but why would David come tell you this? Exactly. What kind of relationship do you have there? So that would still mess up Tyler's game, though. I don't think that would be would have been a good move because that still would have blown up. Uh, that David and Tyler were working together, and then Davon still wouldn't trust Tyler anyways, because like, oh, okay, so you have. Oh this come on! You think that... Day doesn't know that Tyler and David are working together? Come on. Well, I don't know. I mean, David doesn't explain himself properly, so Davon <laughs> already doesn't think David could communicate well. So you know, maybe it was just a conversation that was happening. Because I feel like Davon really thinks that this kid is pointless and useless. And so she doesn't really, she wants to help him out. But like, as she said in the diary room, like, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm giving this so, kid my all. Why don't you bury him? This is back <laughs> to like, you know, the, <laughs> like actually playing the game. Right. Like if yep, Tyler everybody was... think that David is just not reliable and not a good game player. And then he has a target next week. Then it's a target next week. Like, if, if Tyler is so hurt by that, Davon's washing her hands of it. Like, Bailey has a soft spot for him, but isn't has no intention of playing the game with him. You can tell. Right. Like, just bury him. Like, I don't understand why, why we feel like we need to keep him safe. He's not playing. If he was playing the game, and if he was in a league that was appropriate for his skill set... Okay, but not on All Stars. Like he's he's not playing, he's not cunning, he's not strategizing, he's spilling beans. He's he's not he's not in the right season. At all. He, he's not. And so yeah, it sucks. And I wish he was performing better because he's not winning competitions. Like you know, if he was performing better, I'd get it. But he's not. And he's not feeding any sort of alliance. People are just protecting him because they feel bad for him. And yep. that's not a that's not a way you want to win either. Like you don't want to get to the like final chairs as the goat. No one wants to be that person, but that's what he's heading for. He's just being protected all the way to the end. Yep. I was happy the- to see him um announced for the cast because I liked him last season and then after week 2 happened, I was like, yeah, um I take back what I said. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No take backsies, but we'll accept it. I agree though. Uh, completely useless player. Definitely not all-star worthy. Nowhere near all-star worthy. I, in fact, would have rather Josh. Um, his pot and pans hitting would have been super entertaining, at least. I could have dealt with his crying. Um, and he somewhat knows how to play-ish. Um, he did win, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, honestly, anybody but David. Learn, know your ABDs, because hot diggity damn. Yeah. It was horrible. I feel bad for the kid. I do, but that's not a reason for him to be going farther in the game. Nope, nope. We're not yep. in kindergarten anymore. You don't feel bad. It is what it is. This is all stars, not all. Sc- okay, I'm sorry. That was last week, guys. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> no, um, Tyler said it this week too. Tyler said it this week too. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm, perfect. 
Yeah, I'm like, that line is going down in BB history. I'm so glad Nicole A got a little bit of BB notoriety. I yeah. hope that she uses it in her own podcast. Yeah, I'm wanna ch- I don't even know what her podcast name is. I wanted to check out her podcast, and I just couldn't find it. I didn't Google hard enough, though, either. So there is that. Um, live eviction happens. Uh, do we need to talk about I think that's pretty much it. Oh, well, the whole bidet issue. <laughs> so, right? A bit of humor. <laughs> well, you need it. We needed something. We needed something in the week that made us go, oh my God. Enzo's got to have something every week that just makes you go, Jesus, uh, dude. Come on. <laughs> okay, now look, there might not be a lot of people who have the ever. Spritz for water. <laughs> it's funny. It. It's, it's like, it's uh, what he called it? It was uh, the Spritz for water. No, 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 no. He said something with windshield. It was like windshield um, spray. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I, I know how to quote Enzo. Come on. My bad. My bad. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then, so for those that don't know what we're talking about, which, by the way, if you don't, you probably should go watch the episode and then come back. Um, so, yeah. So essentially... Basically, they get a bidet. The house gets a bidet. Enzo has never seen a bidet in his life um, and tries to explain it to everybody. He starts talking, saying, comparing it like it's a spritzer water, like it's a windshield water wiper thing. Like, which, by the way, but Enzo, what, what are you doing with your windshield wipers, bro? Like, <laughs> um, and that's it. And he starts explaining how he first used it. And then he had gotten water everywhere. Um, and then he got up and left. And then when Cody went to go use the bathroom, Cody was like, what the hell happened? Here? <laughs> there was water all over the, the, the floor. There was water all over the, the door. And yeah, it was just mess up. And this is what kind of made me think, I don't think I want Enzo as a roommate. <laughs> I don't think I want to live with Enzo either. No, but it's I, I thought it was a really cute and endearing moment. Sure. I think it's hilarious. He probably should have wiped the, the bathroom down. He was also probably really embarrassed. Like and, and listen, if it's your first time using a bidet, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I used the bidet, I chose the wrong water filter that goes up. And it wasn't a pleasant feeling. So you probably he probably did the same thing and he got scared and <laughs> he went up and got scared, he got and, scared. Ran out and probably kept it on. And he probably kept it on max and then water just started spraying everywhere. Um and I don't think a lot of people technically have used a bidet. I know a lot of Europeans have bidets in their household and so on. But you know, so it was just a funny little moment for Menzo, and I hope we get one weekly. Or even per episode, because that was just hilarious and funny and great. And just as good as probably the Nicole comment. With that, so I guess we should probably get to the live eviction now. It's the most saddest part to get to. Um, But, so, the vote begins. Two house guests (laughs) vote Janelle out. And the two house guests that vote Janelle to stay is our boy. We were just talking about him, Enzo, which... He has been doing crazy with his votes recently. Ah, it's that's typical Enzo. Yeah. He likes he likes to this is how I want to vote. I don't care what the house is doing. This is this is how I want to vote. Or it's like they're not gonna know it's me. So uh who cares? 
That's it. And the other one was Danny. Yeah. So this made me ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions. Because we have some footage in the editing process that I think Janelle got to Danny. But could Danny not get to the rest of her alliance? And then this makes me question if Danny has as much influence as we were led to believe initially. It also seemed like in the diary, I mean, in the diary room when she was casting her vote, that it seemed like she kind of, it was an impulse vote. Like she changed her mind and like she kind of just like, it's like almost like she almost was undecided. Mm -hmm. And then once she said Janelle, it's almost like she almost didn't believe that she said that because it's like she decided on the spot. That's what it looked like to me. Mm. I, I think she just wanted to stir the pot in that regard because um, she knew Janelle was going home. Um, I remember reading somewhere that really honestly by Sunday, when we watch it on Sunday, you kind of, the house generally already knows who's going home on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So our Sunday is not their Sunday though. So, uh, but by Sunday night, you kind of already know who's going home sort of ordeal. Um, and I think she just wants to stir the pot. She just wants to stir the pot, do that rogue vote, who votes yeah, also, can I add something? Of course. Um, the whole thing about, like, Danny saying that, like, her strategy is, like, dropping little, like, hints around the house of doubt. I think that that's probably why, also, like you said, like, she'll probably use that vote that she did against Janelle to, like, probably throw somebody else under the bus in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. So I like that. I thought that was interesting. And Enzo was just doing it not to be rogue, but just doing it to be Enzo. And I loved it, too. Um, so Julie speaks with Janelle uh, outside of the Big Brother house once she has to put on her mask and go outside the doors and go straight to the straight to the chair to sit and talk to Julie, who, by the way, Julie never has to wear a mask. And I never got that. And I talked to you guys about this because it always fascinated me how the house guests who have been isolated, who have been quarantined, who definitely don't have the virus, um, have to wear the mask. And then Julie, who goes home, comes back and so on, practices her social distancing, but still doesn't have to wear the mask, always interested me. I always thought that was kind of weird. Like... Why doesn't Julie have to wear the mask? Because you're not going to get anything from Janelle. Janelle is perfectly fine. But Julie doesn't have to wear anything. And she's still practicing the same kind of distance. Perks of being host. Yeah, I think think it's a TV thing. And technically, you know, you don't have to wear a mask if you're a certain distance apart. So I don't understand why the house guests have to wear their mask during the interview, like sit in your chair, take the mask off. I get it for like walking around and all that kind of stuff. Production's probably all wearing masks, la, 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 la. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's weird that they're making the interview process have to be with the mask on. That's odd to Mm -hmm. me, but Julie not wearing a mask, meh. No, but, but that's what I mean, though. Like, why aren't you at least sitting, when you're sitting down, taking off the mask? Kids in schools... They have to wear a mask everywhere they go, but once they sit down at their designated desk, they could take their mask off. So I would imagine it'd be the same kind of scenario here, and I want to see their lips when they talk. I don't want to see it under a mask. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just I found it also fascinating that one has to and one doesn't. Um, And maybe it's just a PR thing, right? It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like, hey, look, we're doing our thing to help 
COVID and so on. But still, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because uh, I'm weird like that. Um, it's, bother- it's bothering you. It's okay. We can talk about it. <laughs> and, and, and it's the last time I get to talk about Chanel. Um, yeah, so basically, Basically, uh, Janelle is sad to see Kaysair's goodbye video and realizes he has no idea about the secret alliance and will confide into Memphis and tell him everything. Because Julie, as the fangirl that she is, basically wanted to spill the tea with Janelle. It seems like they were going to talk for like another hour. And uh, she basically told uh, Janelle who her rogue votes were, who the votes were to keep her, and essentially how Memphis was working her. It's funny that you say fangirl because while we were watching it, Julie was so excited to talk game with Janelle that even I said to Lance and I'm like, okay, fangirl, Julie, get a move on. Like, continue the interview. (laughs) Yeah, she totally fangirled. It's kind of nice to see, though. And -hmm. it's really clear that Janelle has such a history with the franchise that Julie, like, wanted to have that conversation with her. I think it's also telling in past interviews and in the interviews we're going to see moving in the weeks to come, how Julie reacts. I think that there's a nice humanness to it. So yeah, it was kind of like a little cheesy, a little, but I think it's kind of human and it's kind of nice. I think I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. But it, it just goes to show how much Julie is a fan of Big Brother also. Yeah, I know. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And as the host, you should be like that. You should be a fan of, What's going down? Arissa, Arissa is kind of like that for Big Brother Canada. She's a bit more standoffish, though. Again, Julie has been doing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So a little different there. Um, but Arissa's kind of fangirlish. Just Julie is really up there. And I love it. I think it's cool. It's cute. It shows that, hey, even the host is a big fan. We don't see that in Survivor. You know what I mean? We we don't we don't the host is just very timid and does his job and that's it and here's the stuff and all yeah, that. Yeah, Prose is just diplomatic. Yeah, that's valid. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't want he doesn't want to influence fan favorites. Yeah, but Big Brother's the same. Nah, Julie has favorites. She does every season. She's human. <laughs> you can see it. You can see it. I loved her. Re- I loved her reaction in the votes, though. Yeah. Yeah, so when, when, we, when Danny voted for Janelle, she had to be like, whoa, um, like, I think Nicole was next and she had to make Nicole wait because she was like, I just got thrown off right now. <laughs> yeah. And I think she was like checking with production, like, are my notes wrong? Like, what's going on? Because could you imagine if that had led to being like a flip and Julie had had no idea? Like, what if Slick Six, for example, had decided last minute to keep Janelle and production didn't? There's no way production wouldn't know. But based on that reaction, maybe it could have happened. Keep in mind, when it comes to Thursday, she has to, the production probably gives her a bunch of notes. But I still feel like there's still some stuff that she doesn't want to know just because she, they, she wants to give us that kind of surprised reaction sort of ordeal like she wouldn't have known that vote right that vote is live so there mm-hmm. is no way and maybe that conversation did happen but it happened late at night and production is not going to do anything with that um just because they don't really show us a lot of stuff on sunday of what happened on the night of they kind of just show us the ending of the hoh competition if it happens on that thursday and then they go into what's happening uh after the competition 
So that stuff that production does there uh, the night of HOH and all that is not really shown or even completed because they don't really use it for anything. So Julie might not have known in that regard because there's no point in telling her it's going to be useless information to her, I would think. Maybe I'm going too much into it. Uh, but all in all to say, all in all to say, yeah, all in all to say, Julie the fangirl, I love it, and it's awesome. And with that, we say our goodbyes to Janelle once more. Um, HOH competition starts. And in this HOH competition, which is called the Carnival, uh, the Carnival Quick Shot, uh, the house guests are split into two groups of six and have to roll three balls up a ramp and try to get them into holes at the top of the ramp. Then the next group will compete and the winners from each will face off for a final winner. So Nicole F, Davon, Ian, Enzo, and David and Kesar are the first to compete, but viewers will have to wait until Sunday to discover who is crowned the new head of household. Find out on Sunday on Big Brother. And uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We already know Kesar's in the last round, so we'll see. I'm excited to see him play without Janelle. I hope his game's not totally shot. He's He's never never played played. without Janelle before. She's always been the one to outlast him. And like he said, he's never not been on the block with Janelle. Yeah, that's it. So it'd be interesting to see how he plays. Who do you think he's going to try to join forces with? Um, If he's smart, he would probably go with the side of the house that isn't the big alliance but obviously he doesn't know so it's gonna it's, it's gonna be t- he's in a tough spot yeah i hope he re- i hope memphis gives himself away a little bit to Kesar for Kesar's sake uh despite memphis's game i mean i'm not a memphis fan so i don't care but i hope uh i hope he can figure memphis out at least a little bit and yeah he's gonna if he's smart he's gonna put webs out into some of the outliers um I hope he doesn't tie too close to Davon, but he's going to have to work with her for the next few weeks at least um, to see where that goes, I think. Yeah, I, I that's it. I feel like Memphis, he's going to fall into Memphis's trap and he's still going to have the ear of Cody and thing. I feel like he might end up just working with them, but if he's smart, he will go to the other side. Um I just hope he doesn't do anything with David because David is a useless, pointless house guest and it would be do nothing to his game if he starts doing anything with David. But if they do a whole Davon, Bailey, uh, David, Kesar thing, we'll see what happens. I randomly hope Ian decides to be like, yo, Kesar, what's up? Like, let's do it. But Ian's a, a lone wolf. Ian's a lone wolf, though. I don't see him doing anything like that. Um, unfortunately he'll just, but whatever, it's good for Ian's game. Ian, Ian just plays dumb to Christmas. We saw that happen this week too. It's really hot outside. Oh no. What is it? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm really cooking here. Oh, what are you going to be making? (laughs) Christmas bacon. Uh. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's, he's trying to use it to his advantage a little bit to come off non-threatening. Uh, I think he, I think that's actually going to play to his detriment long term i think that 
uh, he needs to be seen as valuable by some of the outliers. Um, I don't know. I think he and Kesar might might be a good. They might be good sounding boards for each other, but I don't know that they're actually gonna be able to work together. Like, I don't think they'll be able mm-hmm. to achieve much in the house together. They won't be able to make waves or do anything. But I think they'd be really cool, like really good to bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah, it'll be a very interesting week, and I'm excited to to watch because things are gonna shift. Obviously, depending on who wins HOH, because if one of the um, uh, the alliance members win again, that's just like week four that they're in power now. Which you know, uh, like we'll have to see who wins. But uh, I think uh, it'll be a shifting week for sure. Yeah, man, give me something different. Give me, give me Bailey winning. Um, you know, give me Ian innings. Ian's probably still gonna throw it. But give me Ian winning. Give me for randomness, David winning. Just because uh, I want to see him leave, but I'm also curious to see how he would do in HOH, which won't be good. But I'm curious to how he makes his judgments. Um, I just don't want to see Cody, Enzo, or Tyler winning for now. I want to see something a little... Give me Danny winning. I don't think Danny wants to play either. Problem is, there's so many people that don't want the HOH. They want to be that yeah. hidden ninja in the background. Yeah. So we shall we see. Gotta, I was just going to say, we got to wait and see. Got to wait yeah. and see. I hope, honestly, I hope next week we get together and we all regret what we said about David this week. Yeah, yeah I don't I think wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it, but yeah, let's hope. Yeah. That's, what <laughs> I, that's what I want. If he were to win HOH, there's some redeeming there. We'll see. I don't know. Ugh. I mean, I, I love your I love your hope for David. I really <laughs> that. You're a good, kind-hearted individual, but at some point, you just you just can't be nice anymore, and you just gotta uh, just say it like it is. Yeah, he's done. He's toast. It'll be he's toast with the Christmas bacon. <laughs> um, that's it, guys. So, Big Brother Week Three is done and done. Tomorrow is week four, and we will find out who wins HOH along with a whole bunch of other stuff. That's how the cookie crumbles. Let me take it over to you guys. So Steph, where can they like, share, subscribe, follow, whatever have you on your end? Yeah, uh, I'll plug the, the two Instagrams I usually do. So at Stephanie's Bakery 514 uh, for my page and all cake-related cupcake stuff. And uh, for Lance, it's uh, at Hustle. Uh, at Hustle and Cake, and uh, he's doing his uh, uh, his daddy thing and his cake thing and his music thing. So go check it out and like and subscribe. That's it. And Cece, uh, I'm still gonna push Rice for Ramadan. We are four thousand dollars, thirty five hundred dollars away from uh, supporting twenty different percussion groups. So if you have anything to donate, please do. Yay. Donate that, yeah. I saw that it increased this week uh, by quite a bit too. So that was pretty awesome. Yes, uh, spiked up. It was awesome. Yeah, saw that, and of course, it will still be on the links below if you want to donate. There is no amount too little, and there is no amount too high. If you Not can help, all. if you can help, and you can support, it's uh, hard times for everyone. But especially in uh, Guinea, it's really hard for them too. So if you can spare a little change. By all means, it would be appreciated and going towards a good cause. And on my end, of course, uh, you can follow Real Talk Radio. That's the brand at Real Talk Radio 8 at JLB420, all on Twitter. Um, 
Anchor.fm RTR is where you can find all our stream sites on where we are, even on the YouTube and realtalkradio.online. Site still hasn't been updated. There is no time like the present. I'm getting on that hopefully soon. Um, and that's it, guys. Thank you all for listening. This has been your week three recap on to week four. In the meantime, though, stay safe, wear masks, and and social distance. And social distance. How do I social distance like Janelle did uh, when she got uh, removed from Big Brother? Which I'm still, uh, You're which I'm still so crying sad. Over. You're so sad. So sad. <laughs> so sad. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go cry now. So I'm gonna end this podcast. And that is it, guys. Ciao. For Have now. a good night. Have a good night.